0: Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Jesus Podcast. Cowboy Jesus riding the rodeo of religion and life. I'm Steve Pooz Benson and I'm Cowboy Jesus. I've had this moniker for the past 15 years and I love every moment of it because I believe in exploring all the different dimensions of life and religion and what it means to be a progressive Christian in light of the different avenues of life. And today, uh, avenues of life. And what I want to do today is talk about. The whole nature of suffering uh, and what, how does a progressive Christian respond to suffering vis-a-vis how do evangelicals respond to suffering. So uh, put on your, your earphones, go for a walk, wash your dishes, walk the dog, or just sit down and let's talk about suffering and evangelicals and progressives i'm just going to share some ideas that i have and i want you to start thinking about it so what happened is i've been teaching a class or i taught a class today uh, uh, using the book living the questions the wisdom of progressive theology and it's a great book if you want to know what progressive christians believe in uh, and especially those of you who attend columbine united church And I want you to get the book, Living the Questions, The Wisdom of Progressive Theology. They do a great job of laying out what us progressives believe. You know, it it offers a direct contrast to what evangelical Christians believe. And it's so important because evangelicals have taken main stage today of what Christians believe. And when people think about Christianity, they think about evangelicals. And that's just simply not the case. There are many, many of us who are Christians who adamantly disagree with evangelicals, and we fall into the progressive camp. And I want to be a voice for progressive Christianity so that I can help you see that not all Christians are as closed-minded and judgmental as evangelicals are, especially when it comes to the nature of suffering. So let's just talk about suffering, first of all. Um, what about suffering? Where is there suffering in the world? I contend that suffering is all around us. I dug up a few statistics. So we have just eclipsed five hundred thousand U.S. citizens have died of the COVID virus, and the number is still climbing. I, I don't I don't know how many millions around the world have died of the virus, but if uh, five hundred thousand have died, this means there's about 3 million people. Three million people who are dealing with the grief of losing a loved one because of the virus. That's a lot of people who are suffering. Um, remember the Haitian earthquake uh, in the span of 35 seconds. 35 seconds. 200,000 people lost their lives in the, in the Haitian earthquake. Remember the su- uh, tsunami in Indonesia. Uh, 150,000 people were killed. Uh, In cancer, globally, 7.5 million people die of cancer each year. In the U.S., cancer kills 1,500 people a day. Get this. Globally, there are 6 million auto accidents that kill 3 million people. That one staggers me. 6 million auto accidents kill 3 million people. In the U.S., Someone dies of heart disease every 34 seconds. The statistics are just overwhelming. I mean, there is a tremendous amount of suffering in the world. You know, and I believe as people of faith, especially as progressive people of faith, we have to respond to the suffering, our belief in God. Our faith in Christ, in some way, shape, or form, has to be accountable for the suffering, and I believe provides some type of answers to people about where is God in the suffering, how did God allow the suffering to happen, and what is our response to the suffering. Okay, there are um, major differences between how evangelicals answer the questions of suffering vis-a-vis progressives. When faced with suffering and tragedy, Evangelicals usually ask the question, Why did this happen? Why did God allow this to happen? Progressives ask the question, Where was God when this happened? Do you see that? That's a, that's a huge distinction. Evangelicals, why did this happen? Why did God allow this to happen? Progressives ask the question, Where was God when this happened, and there's a few uh, examples in the extreme, but I think they're pretty telling about um, about uh, where was God in the what evangelicals ask where was God or how did yeah, I got to get this right? Why did God allow this to happen? I was kind of stumbling over my words because I was trying to find a quote from the book Living the Questions, and I've just found it. Um, from evangelicals, uh, their response to the 2004 South Asian tsunami, uh, leaving hundreds of thousands of dead, religious leaders of all faiths struggle to speak to the why. There it is, why such incomprehensible disaster can happen. Uh, American television evangelists ev- evangelist voiced repugnant and arrogant opinions from, quote, God was punishing those Muslims and Hindus for the way they treat Christians in their countries to... Quote, God was using the tsunami to warn the rest of us to mend our ways or else. Likewise, 205's Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, inspired Billy Graham's son, Franklin, which, oh my gosh, Franklin Graham, I just can't stand the guy. Uh, Franklin Graham claimed that God targeted New Orleans because of its being a wicked city Full of sexual perversion and satanic worship. In other words, you see, it's the why. Why did Katrina happen? Because it was a, a sinful city, and so since they were a sinful city, God targeted them to punish them for their actions. Here's another one. I gotta uh, give me just a second to turn the pages. I need to to get to this quote um, that turns my stomach from uh, Jerry Falwell. Pat Robertson was talking with Jerry Falwell about 9 and why 9-1-1 happened. And, um, and Jerry, uh, Jerry Falwell said, he said this, They threw God out with the help of the federal court system. They threw God out of the public square and out of the school. The abortionists have got to bear some burden for 9-11 because God will not be mocked. And when we destroy 40 million little innocent babies, we make God mad. I really believe that the pagans and the abortionists and the feminists and the gays and the lesbians who are actively trying to make that an alternative lifestyle, the ACLU, People for the American Way, all of them who have tried to secularize America, I point the finger in their face and say, You helped this happen. You helped 9-11 happen. Again, 9-11 happened. A tragedy. They ask, why did God allow this to happen? Their answer is because somebody did wrong, and God was going to punish them. You know, this is uh, bankrupt theology. It's just bankrupt theology that they would ascribe, uh, that God would punish somebody, with horrific things, earthquakes, tsunamis, hurricanes, car wrecks, cancers, because they were doing something wrong, you know. And then, if they, in the best sense, if they can't uh, ascribe um, God's actions as punishment for somebody's behavior, they they kind of throw up their hands and say, "Well, we don't know why God." Uh, allows these things to happen. Billy Graham, I'll never forget. After the Columbine shootings, somebody interviewed Billy Graham and asked him, uh, "How could God allow this to happen? Why did God allow this to happen?" And Billy Graham said, uh, "Quote unquote, I don't know. I don't know why God would allow this to happen." You know that made me furious. You know what did he mean? He didn't know. What it meant is that his theology didn't have an answering for suffering and evil. He was left dumbfounded. He believed that God was all-powerful and all-loving, so how could a God, an all-powerful God, an all-loving God, allow this to happen? I don't know, he said. He didn't have an answer. You know, this is why I'm a progressive Christian, because I believe there are answers. Because instead of asking the question, why did God allow this to happen, progressives ask a different question. We ask, where was God when this happened? Our answer is, God is with us. You know, I think this goes back to the notion that we just believe suffering happens. Suffering just is, I'm going to talk about that more kind of in the end of the podcast, But suffering just is. And for us, then it goes back to a question of God's will. You know, evangelicals want to say that God is all-powerful and God is all-loving. Progressives believe the same thing. More on that in a moment. Evangelicals want to say God is all-powerful and God is all-loving. And what this does, it leaves them in a conundrum. Then how could an all-powerful and an all-loving God allow this tragedy to happen, the best they can do, as I said, is to ascribe it to something the victim has done. Again, that's what Falwell did, that's what Franklin did, or Franklin Graham did. They ascribe it to something that that the people did that would make God angry enough to punish them. That's why they would say that God is all-powerful and God is all-loving, because somehow you did something that made God angry, and so you deserve what it is that you have coming to you. That's somehow an expression of God's love. You know, and it it is a crazy thing. Many of you have been either the target of that yourself, or if you've heard stories, my mother-in-law, back when she was in her 50s, had a terrible uh, back Fusion. They fused her spine from the top of her spine down to the base of the spine with two rods, and she was in the hospital for months, and she was part of an evangelical church at the time, and it was like a parade of people coming in and asking Jean, what had she done in her life that made so God- that made God so angry. what sin had she committed? Uh, they asked her, you know was there something that she had done that she hadn't confessed because the only way they could come up with an answer uh, was why did she suffer was not because uh, was because of something that she had done. not simply because, Sometimes spines collapse and they need surgery, but she had done something to cause the suffering I remember at the time that she got sucked into it and she would you know She would cry and she would say what have I done? What have I done? I've you know examined my life I can't find anything that I have done and I had to tell her repeatedly gene you haven't done anything Their theology is bankrupt. God does not Cause suffering like this. An all powerful and all loving God doesn't cause suffering like this. So let me unpack it. As progressives, we also believe in a God who is all powerful and all loving. However, we understand God's power differently and how God is going to express that power into the world. So let's talk about, let me first talk about God's power. God's power, an all-powerful God, is found in the awesome power of the cosmos. Billions of galaxies and planets and stars, the expanding universe. And then God created this little spit of a globe uh, that we call Earth and imbued it with natural laws of physics and science. That's where God's power is there. God's will is found in the natural order of the universe. God's power is in the natural flow of the universe where, there's, where there is uh, physics and natural sciences and natural laws. Therefore, when a natural event happens, they are expression of God's power in that it is a natural event. We call these things natural disasters. God calls them events. We call them disasters. We're the ones who add the descriptive disaster. Disaster is a human feeling of a natural event. To God, it's just an event. So we'll say that God is all powerful in a natural event. But then when we ascribe to God's will that an intentional act of God is to inflict pain on someone as a part of God's power, God is going to use that to inflict pain on someone to punish for behavior or to test them in some way. In other words, if you ask the question, "Why is God punishing me?" and you say, "Well, God is trying to test you," no, that's bankrupt thinking. It's just you know, it's taking God's all power and giving it an evil bend. We would say that God, that power that God used, is going to uh, to intentionally cause suffering in your life to punish you, to test you in some way, shape, or form, that's an evil bend. If a human being did this, if a human being inflicted pain on somebody to test their strength or to punish them in some way, shape, or form, that's called torture. Uh, We we call that evil. That's an evil person. To take that and ascribe it to God is is bankrupt. No, we say God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful in the fact that God created a natural world where events happen. So then we have all-powerful. Then we say, is God all-loving? See, I believe that we say indeed that God is all-loving. And that you need both of these to say that God is all-powerful and all-loving. Because if you don't have all-loving God... And really what you have is what I call a blizzard God, a cold God. A God who would inflict pain on somebody because it's something they've done. A cold God. You know, this is a God who would say, you step out of line, you're going to get a lightning bolt. You act in evil ways, you get a tsunami. You act in evil ways, you're going to get a 9-11. You act in evil ways, you're going to get cancer. Uh, you act in evil ways, you're going to get a car wreck. God is going to punish you in some type of things. Why do these bad things happen? Because you have acted in such a way that God is going to punish you. God is going to do this out of God's power. Um, An evangelicals say this. I don't know what they do with God's love. Uh, that God is somehow loving you by punishing you? I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, because... As progressives, we approach it in a different way. If we say that God is only all-powerful and is going to punish you out of that power, I'm going to say, I don't, I won't, and I won't teach you. I don't want a God that is just all-powerful. I won't follow a God that is just all-powerful. And I won't teach you to follow a God like this. This type of God is cold and calculating and is able to whimsically just Flick pain and punishment on somebody out of just his own, his or her own desire. You know, I don't want that. I'm not going to teach that. I'm not going to teach this evangelical view of God. As a progressive, I'm going to teach that God is all-powerful and all-loving. All-loving and all-loving God is present with us in the Middle of our pain. That's why progressives don't ask the question, why did this happen? Because they're going to go to God's power and inflicting punishment. As progressives, we ask the question, where is God when the tragedy happens? Progressives say, out of God's power, God is there with us when it happens. Out of God's love, God embraces us when suffering happens. God is with us when we suffer. God is with us when we weep. God is pained when we pain. When our children die of diseases, God weeps with us. God is there to question us. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now let's go to the uh, Holocaust, Elie Wiesel, uh, who is quoted in the book, Living the Questions. Um, Wiesel was an author uh, who lived through the Holocaust, and he tries to wrestle with some pretty heady th- uh, theological questions um, with God in the Holocaust. And if you uh, have not read Elie Wiesel's Night, that is on everybody's "You got to read this book before you die" list. And and he makes the point of where is God in the middle of the suffering of Auschwitz. He doesn't he doesn't ask the question why did God allow this. He asked the question, where was God? And he Wiesel comes up with the notion that God is with us. He tells this horrific story about one day after in the work camp, after an all-day work, uh, people were called forward to be executed. And it's like there were three or four adults, and then a young boy was called forward. And they were put up on uh, blocks, and the nooses were placed around their heads, and the blocks were kicked out. And the adults died uh, very quickly from being hung. But the little boy hung there and was suffering. And they were forced to look upon this little boy who was suffering. And somebody behind Wiesel said, Where is God? Where is God? And Wiesel said, God is there. God is there. God is with the boy. God is with us. See, that's a completely different question than asking the question, why did God allow the Holocaust to happen? It goes, then you're suddenly either you're in the you're in the weeds asking, Well, what did the Jews do? It was God punishing the Jews because they weren't Christians? You know, why did God allow this to happen? We simply don't know why God allowed this to happen. That's the Billy Graham answer. We don't know. No, that's the wrong question. Evil is. Evil exists. There are evil people in the world. They wreak evil on people. They torture people. They make people suffer. Progressives ask the question, where was God? Our answer is God is right there with us. Right there with us embracing us. You know, Jesus kind of wrestled with this uh, in a few different passages. You know, th- uh, the disciples asked Jesus, you know, there was a blind man, and uh, the disciples asked, who sinned, this man or his parents? In other words, why was this man Uh, blind. What did he do? Did he do something that caused him to be blind? Did this man or did his parents? And Jesus completely sidesteps the issue completely, and he talks instead about healing. It's as if to say that it wasn't because uh, of sin that, uh, that caused the man to be born blind. In other words, the man didn't do something. It was just because of an illness or genetics. Bad things happen they just do they just happen another place the tower of siloam falls and kills 18 people and people ask jesus the question why what do these people do that would cause their the tower to fall upon them and jesus basically says they were in the wrong place at the wrong time bad things simply happen sometimes you're in the path of bad people and they bring bad things to happen to you It's not why did God allow these people to come into my path. It's where was God? God was with us. The Roman guards slaughter people. It's not that why would God allow the Roman guards to slaughter people. Jesus would basically say no, it was an oppressive power that killed. Uh, that killed people. The Roman Empire was an impressive power. God didn't allow the Roman Empire to punish the people of Israel because of wrongdoing that they committed. No, the Roman Empire was an impressive regime that wreaked havoc, wreaked havoc on people. Okay, let me keep on going here. So then, how do we respond to suffering as progressives how do we respond to something as progressives well a few things you know as progressives we are allowed to go to the world religions and study the world religions and embrace teachings of world religions so you know we agree with the Buddha who in their first four noble truth in the four noble truths the first truth just simply says there is suffering it exists What I admire about Buddhism is that it doesn't try to reason or provide a rationale about about suffering. They don't get caught up in the weeds that even uh, as progressive Christians, we even get caught up in. They just simply say, human beings suffer. There is suffering. And so as progressive Christians, we acknowledge that humans suffer. And we say that God is with us to comfort us. And here's the key point. As God's representatives on earth, we believe in surrounding a person who is suffering with care. As the living representative of God, we work to become God with skin. It's something um, my little son, uh, who is now almost 30, when he was a little kid, he uh, had a, um, a deathly uh, illness that killed him, almost killed him on several occasions. And one time I tried to tell him that God was with him and he asked where was God and I said God is with you and he said dad daddy I don't see God I want a God with skin on him. And I thought to myself you know that's it that's perfectly we need to be God with skin on us. We need to surround people with the love of God. And to be honest, I'll give evangelicals the the same uh, the same thing. I think evangelical churches do a really good job of surrounding people with comfort in the middle of their suffering. Once to get beyond their theology, they do provide people with comfort and love and care and community. And maybe that's the common ground that evangelicals and progressives find, is that, uh, that we both do a good job of surrounding people with uh, love and kindness. And, you know, world religions, uh, each of the world religions teach compassions on this. You know, the Jewish prophets taught to... Uh, To love kindness, do justice, and walk humbly with God. The Jewish prophets, the Jewish religion, teaches compassion. Christians uh, do compassion as an act of uh, following Jesus. We do intercessory prayer, lifting people up to God. Muslims do zakat. Zakat is one of the uh, main pillars of of Islam. It's a... It's more than just giving alms, it's giving of their time as well. Uh, Muslims donate time to homeless shelters, to food shelters, to clothing banks, as a way of doing zakat. Uh, Buddhists do tonglen. Tonglen is a form of prayer where a Buddhist will sit with somebody in the middle of their suffering. They are present with the person in the middle of their suffering. And they actually breathe the suffering into their body, as if their body is a filter of some kind. And they exhale onto the person peace and well-being. Tonga is a powerful thing that Buddhists do. New Age folks do Reiki. Uh, Reiki is a powerful form of healing, where they lay hands on someone who is suffering. Each of these world religions teach an expression of compassion, surrounding somebody who is suffering, with presence. In other words, of of saying, "Where is God? God is with us." They're not going to worry about why did God allow this to happen? How did God allow this to happen? No, they're just going to simply say, "There is suffering, and we need to respond." Because you know what? There is indeed suffering. You know, uh, Rabbi Harold Kushner. I wrote a great book. Another book that you got to read before you die is Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? Um, The title should really be When Bad Things Happen to Good People, because it will. No one is exempt. Bad things will happen to you, whether you're a good person trying to live a holy, wholesome life or a bad person doing evil bad things will happen to both of you period they will happen the challenge then the theological challenge is to wrestle with how do we as people of respond people of faith respond do we respond with asking the question why did god allow this why would a a powerful, all powerful, loving God allow this to happen? Well, obviously, the person who was living in an evil way deserved God's punishment. Or do we say the progressive question, where was God when this happened? God was with them. Then, therefore, where should we be when someone is suffering? We should be with them. All right. Those are some of my thoughts about suffering and the evangelical versus the progressive way of looking at things. Thanks for listening to Cowboy Jesus Today. I want you to uh, invite you to visit my website, Stephen Poos You can find something about the books that I've written, something about me. You can visit my Facebook page, Dr. Stephen Poos Benson. Um, I try to post interesting blogs and quotes that I find. Uh, all of them along, excuse me, along the progressive nature. I'm involved on Instagram. I tweet at Stephen Poos Benson. I try to be active on all these platforms, and soon I'll be adding TikTok as well, trying to explore a platform that young people are actively engaged on is TikTok. All right. You can, we can connect in, in so many different ways. So let's stay in conversation with one another. Blessings from Cowboy Jesus. Have a great day.